There's not a better story yeah. ever, ever, ever heard on earth than the story uh, of Christ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Shore Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Chong, and joining me today is a really great guest. You've seen him on stage bringing that Johnny Cash flair to our worship bands. He's none other than Roland St. Mars. Roland, how are you doing today? Great, great. My pleasure to be here, Jordan. Awesome. Well, why don't you just tell us to begin with, how would you describe who you are in a couple sentences? Wow. How do <laughs> more I... more than a couple? How do I describe myself? Well, I am a sinner saved by grace. Glory be to God. Mm -hmm. And so uh, with that, I guess we can move forward. Yeah. That says it all. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about the journey of how you got to identifying yourself as that. Uh, where did you, you grow up originally? I grew up in uh, St. Boniface, Manitoba, which is part of Winnipeg. Uh, we, I was born there, and then my folks decided to move out to the suburbs. So we moved out to a little French community called Lorette, Manitoba. And uh, there it was a uh, French Catholic community, okay. predominantly. Uh, so I was uh, taught and uh, uh, raised up in the Catholic uh, system, or you might say bubble. Uh, and it was exciting at that time. Uh, new life, new area. Um, yes, and that's where I grew up. Okay. And so were you going to a Catholic church since you were young? Yes, we were always in the Catholic Church. That was the only uh, religious institution that I was part of and knew of. Uh, I grew up as an altar boy, okay. hard to believe, but true, <laughs> uh, and uh, joined the Boy Scouts of Canada, which was led by the uh, people of the town, the community. They did a great job. Uh, so I was surrounded by good Catholics. Hmm. And what was that experience like as a, as a young boy in the Catholic Church like? Uh, I know there's a lot of traditions. Um, did, did you understand everything that was happening around you as a young guy, or did you just thought this is something that we do on Sundays? Did you understand like who Jesus was? And Good question. Uh, I understood that uh, there was a God. Okay. That I understood. Uh, however, didn't have the understanding of exactly who he was and... Uh, uh, what he was all about, because as you well know, the Catholic Church back then, in, in, in those days, uh, we w never read the Bible. Mm. And uh, we just uh, went through a lot of formalism, uh, uh, religious acts like uh, what we did at church. Uh, one great thing we did, which we had communion okay. every Sunday. Mm. Uh, but uh, anyways, I didn't have a great understanding about all that symbolism. Mm. However, I went through the motions. I was an altar boy. I served. I think to this day I could still serve a mass uh, blindfolded mm -hmm. because I have done so much of it. Right. Uh, but through all that, God was speaking to me. Mm. And uh, it's hard to put that into words. Uh, but anyways, uh, he was. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, I was excited to go to church. I was excited to be part of that. Uh, but as I grew up, and got older, I, had, I, I became somewhat rebellious, and I started asking questions. Yeah, sure. Things didn't make sense uh, back then in, in my life, and uh, so therefore I was starting to question uh, my authorities. Mm. 
And one was my uh, homeroom uh, school teacher. Okay. She was a nun. And God bless her. And uh, one day, I had this question before class, and I asked her, Sister, may I ask you a question before we start class? And she said, certainly. What is it? I said, God is all-knowing, isn't he? He knows everything. And she says, of course. I said, okay, if God knows everything from start to finish, why would he create the devil? Mm. And why would he create everything to come after that, uh, such as his son, mm -hmm. knowing he was going to be crucified? Mm -hmm. And all of that, there had to be a reason. And she looked at me with a puzzled look, <laughs> and she gave me some Catholic patsy answer. Uh, and I don't blame her because it was yeah. quite a question. Yeah. And this was back in grade 9, 10 mm -hmm. uh, of my high school years. Anyways, uh, so I was questioning a lot of things. Yeah. Things didn't make sense. And you got to remember, I came, this, is, this was my world. Yeah. I was surrounded by Catholicism. Uh, that's all I knew. I never darkened the door of another church, right. never heard the gospel. Mm. Uh, and, and a lot of times back then, uh, the priest, when he'd share uh, through the services, it was in Latin. Oh, okay. And then in French. And uh, I don't recall ever hearing John 3.16. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So so when did it then click for you that, um, obviously it's going to be hard to fully understand the gospel if you don't hear the gospel, but was there a moment in time where you, everything clicked that, yes, Jesus is my Savior, he came and died for me, and you felt that on a personal level? Yes, definitely, definitely. And that's a long story, and it's, yeah. it's hard to uh, say that in a few words. But to make a long story shorter, uh, in my rebellious years, I eventually left Manitoba and I went west okay. uh, with no plan. Mm. Uh, I was young, rebellious, and curious, uh, which is a bad mix. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's the way it was. Ended up in Calgary, Alberta, mm -hmm. and uh, got into a group of friends, uh, which was not that good. Uh, we had people from all over Canada within this group, uh, and everybody had a nickname. One guy was Skip. One guy was Captain. One guy was Warlock. Okay. My nickname was Haas. So you could just get a picture of where we were at as sure. young people, uh, just lost. But anyways... One day, Warlock tells me he knows where he, we can get a cup of coffee and some donuts, free. Okay. And I said, okay, great. We were downtown Calgary at the time. So he takes me to this place, and it was kind of unusual, and it wasn't ground level. It was on the second floor. And I said, where is it? And he said, up there. I said, okay. So we go up these stairs, get to the top. Sure enough, we enter this room, and there's coffee and there's donuts, and I thought, wow, okay, he was telling the truth. So we sat down and, and helped ourselves and then sat down. All of a sudden, this cowboy starts walking towards us, and he's got this big black book in his hand, and he's got this smile on his face uh, that kind of tells me he knows something that I should know about, and he's very confident about. Anyways, he sits down in front of us and throws that book right between us introduces himself, says hi, asks us, what, you know, our names and so on. Well, as soon as that happened, Warlock took off. Just that fast. And I thought, whoa, what just happened here? And, and I thought, well, that's kind of rude. You know, I can't do that. Anyway, so I sat there, kept on eating my donuts and drinking my coffee. And this, this cowboy, this is who he was. He was about 67 years old at the time. Mm. His name was Alfred Seipel. 
And uh, he was in charge of this room, which was called the upper room. Okay. And so it was a ministry that was sponsored by a church back in Calgary at the time. Anyway, so he opens up his Bible, and he reads to me John 3.16. And I knew right there and then, that's God. Mm. I couldn't deny it. And it went right through me and shook me. And all of a sudden, my first thought was, that's God. I know there's a God, and he's speaking to me, but I'm not ready. Mm. That was my first thought. I'm not ready. Look at me. I'm a mess. And so that's the day that my journey of faith started, mm. is by hearing John 3.16. Wow. So you hear, you hear the powerful verse that basically sums up what the whole gospel is, but you're still in Calgary, and you went there by yourself, and the only real community you have is this kind of, sounds like a bit of a roughneck crowd. What's that experience like? Well, it was dark times, but yet exciting times. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it came to a point from when I left that table and that meeting with Alfred Seipel. Ironically, uh, I met up with Warlock again. You know, God has a sense of humor, and he works in mysterious ways. And anyways, so Warlock had a good laugh. Yeah, he kind of tricked you into going up. There. Exactly. Yeah. He, was tr- he was truthful about the coffee <laughs> sure. and the donuts. But anyways, so he says, I know where we can go later today, and we can have a great supper, homemade cooking <laughs> and then all that. And I said, really? And he said, yes. He says, so we did. So he took me on another adventure, and we went to this house in southwest Calgary. And uh, this was a retired school teacher by the name of Marjorie Egbert, and she lived there with her uncle. And she was a Christian. And I didn't know that. But anyways, we showed up, and sure enough, they were very hospitable, uh, inviting, invited us in. We sat down. Sure enough, she said, you know, she's making supper, and it sure smelled good, and asked us if we wanted to stay. And uh, Warlock was right. And we did. We had supper. And as soon as we finished having supper, she brings out her black book Mm. on the table. And she starts sharing scripture. And the same verse that I heard earlier that day. Wow. And John 3.16. And wow, it just hit me again. And uh, sure enough, Warlock got up, left, just like that. And uh, I stayed. And I stayed for the evening. Mm. And uh, Marjorie was very kind and shared the gospel with me. And so I didn't know that Marjorie Egbert was good friends with the gentleman that I met earlier in that day, Alfred Seipel. But they were a part of a prayer group and so on. They were good friends. So here God introduced me to this crowd, this wild crowd. One guy's named Morlock. (laughs) And the irony is he's the guy who took me directly Mm -hmm. to the people that I heard John 3.16 from. Amazing. So that's, there's a lot to it, but that's basically it. That's pretty incredible. And that's how I started my journey of faith in Christ yeah. um, with more understanding. I'll say that. I mean, obviously, uh, when I was in the Catholic Church, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me back then. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that, but, but uh, uh, you know, he knew the cry of my heart. He knew I was searching. Mm-hmm. I had questions. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is in life. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what you do. 
God is always speaking to you. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like a lot of people that I talk to have kind of a, not similar in the details, but similar trajectory of how they realize who God is. Like God is constantly speaking to people, whether we know it or not, you know, and he's just slowly but surely like growing the seeds in our heart and just waiting for that one day where things just ignite and you just get it. And that's really God's grace revealing that to you. It's such an incredible thing because I know a lot of people hear it, hear about God a lot for their whole lives and, and it just never clicks for them. But I think stories like yours and other people who I've spoken to, it really gives me a lot of hope that maybe just this person just needs to hear about it one more time, two more times, and it's going to click for them and God's going to reveal himself to them. So it should give us hope as Christians and, and just perseverance to know that ultimately we're not in control of other people's salvations, but God is going to do the work and he's going to show up when he wants to. So we should just have faith and confidence that he's going to do it like he's done in your life. Amen. Well said. Yeah. Well, well said. So now you have this, this newfound understanding of who God is. Uh, you're in, you're in Calgary. Uh, what, what does life look like for the next little bit? Well, uh, things turned for the better. Uh, Alfred Seipel invited me to come and stay with him. This was the cowboy? This was the gotcha. cowboy, retired cowboy, gotcha. quite the man. And, and he became my second father uh, and uh, my first, well, I'll say my second father. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> so he took me in and so I lived with him and I, I, I had a job at a cabinet shop and, and, and got involved in that and uh, went wherever Al went. And uh, he was always uh, quick to point me in the right direction. We, we did our devotions every day. He, I saw in him such the love of Christ. Mm. And that spoke to me because it was real. Mm. And, uh, and then also sharing the word of God. Uh, we used to do this thing every morning where he had this little thing called the bread of life. And in there, there was little scriptures, readings. And every morning, we would take one. And we'd read it out. Mm. And uh, it was our time together uh, first thing in the morning. And it, 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 uh, it just showed me that he had communion and relationship with our creator. And so uh, it was life-giving to me. And uh, so uh, he was my mentor. And anyways, uh, he told me I should get involved in a uh, place of worship and get surrounded by uh, Christian friends. Mm-hmm. He said that was vital. And so he told me he, he knew of one place. And the, the church was called Calvary Gospel Temple at the time. And so uh, I went there and, and, and got involved in, in this little church. God did miraculous things. Uh, and I knew God was leading and guiding me there in such a powerful way. And lo and behold, uh, in the church, they had a Bible college. It was uh, it was it was uh, small, but nonetheless, it was a three-year program, and uh, it was directed by Norman Holmes, who was the pastor and president of the Bible College, and so I got to go to uh, Bible College for three years, mm. and that were great times. And of course, at this time, uh, I didn't mention this, but uh, my beautiful wife Diane, uh, we met on my 17th birthday, and uh, we basically grew up together. Uh, She was with me during all this time uh, that I first met the Lord. Okay, great. And so she saw that uh, whole transition in my life. Anyways, uh, she uh, also went to Bible college with me, Hmm. 
and went to the same church and then became a Christian as well. So I gave my heart to the Lord uh, just sooner uh, before Diane, but uh, nonetheless, Diane was on the, the same journey. God was leading and guiding her, and uh, we met, and uh, here we are in, in this Bible college together. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very fond memories there, uh, obviously, uh, studying God's Word together, meeting new friends, which a lot of those friends are still our best friends today. Wow, that's great. Yes. And so uh, there's lots more to be said there, but uh, that was a time in our life that was very, very powerful. Right. Was there ever a moment um, where things were difficult or hard and and you you can look back on just God was working in your life through a difficulty or helping you get through something hard? Definitely. Uh, after Bible college, uh, we both, Dan and I both graduated, and uh, we got involved in the church ministry, which was great. And then we started seeing a side of ministry where we didn't particularly like. Mm. And that was the politics. Mm. Uh, however, I knew that God had led us there, and uh, was guiding us through his word. But sometimes we rely on ourselves rather than God's word, right. which is a mistake. However, it's humanistic, and we do that. All of us do. So uh, we got to see a side of the ministry that, that kind of discouraged us uh, from, from doing what we were doing and then questioning why we were doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it took us back to the Bible, and that's the great thing. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible is the Word of God. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, as we know from Hebrews 4.12. And it just speaks to us and guides us. And uh, that is what kept me through all those years of ministry, Mm -hmm. ups and downs, uh, the questions, uh, I always knew I could go back, and Diane too, we could go back to the, the Bible. And God let us continue to lead us and guide us, speak to us, comfort us, strengthen us. And here we are today. And and today I find that I, I just can't get enough time mm. in the Bible because it's so life-giving. Yeah. And so obviously the Bible is our compass, mm-hmm. Uh, our guide, our, our, our anchor, and without it, we're lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to backtrack a little bit uh, about you talking about meeting Diane when you were 17, at your 17th birthday. On 17th birthday. What were you doing for your 17th birthday? Well, you know, I'll just back that up a bit. I, w- sure. I, I was with uh, two friends that I worked with at the cabinet shop, and we were renting this fair-sized home in Calgary, and uh, anyways, on our way to work one morning, it was my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Larry Kuslich, his wife, Tilly, wished me a happy birthday uh, uh, as we were going out the door to work. And I said, well, thank you. And she says, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, find me a beautiful, blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl. <laughs> and I gave a few more descriptions, which I won't mention. And I laughed. Sure. I was 16 That's years old. normal thing for a teenager to ask for, right? Exactly. So we went to work, came back home that day, and Tilly had a big smile on her face, and I knew something was up. And she said to me, well, I found your gift. I says, excuse me? She says, I found your gift. And I looked at her, and I, th- I thought, you mean the blue eye? And she said, yes, yes. 
And I laughed and I said, really? And she said, yes. She, she went out that day with friends and uh, they met up with f- other friends at this restaurant for dinner. And there was Diane, hmm. the blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl. And so the light bulb went on until his head. And so she invited Diane mm. to a party that they were throwing for me, which I didn't know about, uh, on a Friday night. And so Diane agreed to come. And she did tell Diane that she wanted to introduce her to someone. That's all she said. Right. So sure enough, Friday night comes around. <clears throat> of course, I had, uh, you know, I was curious. I was. I was wondering if this was some kind of big joke. Yeah, sure. But anyways, I went along with it, and I'm glad I did. So sure enough, Friday night comes along, and Diane comes through the door, and I thought, my goodness, she delivered. <laughs> so I thought, I better do my part and introduce myself, and that's how I met my beautiful uh, girlfriend at the time. And uh, yes, the rest is history. Amazing. And when did, when did you guys get married? How long you uh, well, well, we got married in 1977. July 16th, see, there's, there are brown, brownie points there, see, I remember, and I remember the time and everything, it was a great time, and uh, we were both serving the Lord, we both knew what we wanted in life, uh, we were going in the same direction, and that's so important for young people uh, that are getting married, and anyways, uh, yeah, we got married, and, and, uh, and life was great, yeah. And you're living in Calgary? Yes, we were living in Calgary. Yeah. Diane was a native uh, Calgarian. Okay. She was born and raised there. Uh, and then, of course, that's where we had our two children, of mm-hmm. course, Jesse and Jolie. Uh, and we had lots of friends, and uh, God was leading us, and uh, we were growing, and it was great. Yeah, so things are going well. You got, you got kids, you got a wife, you're in Calgary. But you're here in North Vancouver right now. That's right. How, so what happened there? Wow, there's a lot of... Uh, Let's fill in the gaps a little bit. Yes, I'll try. I'll try. Well, uh, eventually our kids graduated from uh, uh, the different colleges and so on. And, and what was parenting like before we jump ahead too much? Like we're oh. skipping a lot of years. Like what was it? Did you guys find it? You guys were on the same team all the way through? You had yes. good kids? You got yes. any, any dirt on Jesse or anything? No, no, no. <laughs> you know what? It's It's amazing. When I hear people speak about the teenage years and so on and so forth, how they were nightmares for them, I thought, man, that's so foreign to me mm. and Diane. We never had that. That's great. And that was all God. No, uh, Jesse was amazing. Jolie was amazing. And we had an amazing uh, life together. Uh, all those years growing up in the church, uh, doing things together as family, uh, we had no, you know, we, we could... We had a relationship with our kids, mm-hmm. uh, and it was great. And uh, I'm so proud of them today. I know God is t- all glory to God. Uh, you know, as how you know Jesse turned out, and also Jolie, mm-hmm. and they're happily married and involved. And and the biggest thing is that they have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that's what was our heart's cry back then, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and God has been faithful that way. And so, uh, and the way we ended up in Vancouver, of course, Jolie and Scott, uh, I mean, Jolie and Jesse met their significant others uh, from uh, Vancouver, fell in love, and married. And as soon as the first grandchild came, mm-hmm. Diane and I felt like That'll we have to move from yeah. Calgary to Vancouver. And so we did, and no regrets. And uh, now we're five minutes away from our family and, and grandchildren. And we love it. And we're in the same church. 
as you know, yeah. a shore church worshiping God together. So it's life is great. And how did, did you just find the shore through through Jesse, or did you find it on your own? Uh, no, I found it through uh, Jesse, uh, uh, the kids. I was so proud and so blessed that you know they had found such a great church, a, a Bible teaching church and believing church, and that was my first thing I noticed about the church, and I was happy with. And then also the fact that being under you know uh, the the teaching uh, that we have, uh, so inspirational and and. Uh, yeah, just life is good. That's great. Now you're involved on the worship team, which we all love when Roland's singing in the mornings. Give us kind of some of that Johnny Clash flair. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's my privilege, and, and it's very humbling, uh, but uh, I, you know, I'm thankful for it. Uh, worship uh, in song was always something that uh, I was part of uh, through all my years as uh, growing up in the mm-hmm. church. Uh, even back when I was a good old Catholic, uh, we, we you know we used to sing uh, in the odd choir that we used to have, and uh, taught by the, the the you know the good nuns. And uh, anyways, uh, so it was always there. It just seemingly blossomed more as I got into uh, evangelical circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we we love having you on the worship team. Well, I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Love singing with you. It's so yes, great. ditto. Um, I mean, uh, same here. Yeah, it's great. So, so looking back on, I know we we got through your life there pretty quickly. Looking back on your life, do you do you see any like big overarching lessons or themes that God had taught you? Yes, and the things you've you've dealt with or been through. Definitely, uh, I touched on it, and uh, but I'm going to mention it again. It's that that through uh, our challenges in life, especially the ones through a church or a ministry. Uh, Christian life journey, um, there's always more questions. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing oh, yeah. because that's how we learn. But we have to learn to go to the Bible mm-hmm. to get those answers. And they're there. And uh, sometimes our flesh hurts. But the, the most important thing, as long as our spirits are soaring like the eagle mm-hmm. and we're gaining understanding from the Word of God, uh, it's all good. Mm. It's all good. And so that's the lesson I learned. Uh, anything uh, challenging in life, the questions you have, go to God. Mm-hmm. Ask, and he'll give you the answers. And then when he answers you, it just, you feel like you're floating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're three feet off the ground. Um, and then you know he is our anchor. He is our compass. Mm-hmm. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, he's everything. Definitely. So, so getting in the scripture is obviously a big part of your personal walk with God right now, serving on the worship team. Are there other things you're doing as well to, to kind of stay connected? Are you you're in a community group as well? That's right. Yeah. Uh, we meet Wednesday nights at okay. Tim and Shelley's, okay. and uh, that's a great time. And uh, we just, uh, with, a, with a beautiful group of people. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we, we, you know, we uh, share the gospel and uh uh, usually it's uh, f- uh, on topics that uh, we've heard from James, our pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, Josh as well, uh, from time to time when he would speak, and yourself, <laughs> and uh, Jordan. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a great group. We get together, and uh, lots of prayer time, lots of questions answered there, and uh, time of fellowship. Mm. Well, and just to kind of cl- to wrap things up here, what would you say if, if there was like... Um 
16, 17 year old who's moving away from their hometown, kind of figuring life out, searching, trying to see like what this whole thing life is all about. What would your encouragement be to them? Someone who's kind of been there. I would say be brave enough to look in the mirror Hmm. and not deceive yourself and ask the serious questions. And, uh, you know, uh, when you get down on your knees and you ask God seriously the questions that are on your heart, God will answer. Hmm. And that's what I would say. And use the Bible as your guide. Um, that definitely is the answer. Jesus is the answer. That sounds cliche, but it's true. Mm-hmm. He is the answer. And uh, there is no other name given under heaven by which we can be saved. He has the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. When you think that God is communicating to us on a daily basis through that, those scriptures, think about that. That Bible, which took 1,500 years to come about on three different continents, given by 40-plus authors, Mm -hmm. three different languages, and a lot of people who never met each other. Only God could orchestrate Mm -hmm. that. And not only does God speak to us through his word, but he speaks uh, to us through his creation. Everything points to Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. And the book of Revelation says it so beautifully and seals it that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is coming back. And that day is coming. Mm-hmm. And so we look forward uh, to that day with great anticipation, knowing that we're going to see Jesus face to face. And so that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't get, it just, I mean, the story yeah. ever, ever, ever heard on earth than the story uh, of Christ. Yeah, for, for sure. It's the only thing for me that like just makes sense of all of this world going on around me. It's the only, it seems like the only solution is that there's a loving God out there who has a redemptive plan. Who's going to make all things new because you look around the world and like things don't seem like they're supposed to be. It seems broken. It seems like it needs some kind of restoration. And that's where Jesus's plan his redemptive story comes in. And I find so much hope in that. So yeah, I agree. I hope that, um, Anyone out there who's searching just can just dwell on that, and it might not click right away. It might take some time, but God's working in your heart. Well, Roland, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, just thank you very much for yeah. this opportunity to share, uh, you know, a bit of my testimony. Uh, I know it's been it's it's hard to to uh, to squeeze, you know, uh, so many years in, mm-hmm. into a few minutes. That no, was great. However, the conclusion of the matter is uh, just to uh, you know look to to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and uh, you know be willing to get on your knees. Yeah, that's the only way you get God's attention. Mm-hmm. It's get on your knees, and then He's provided the way uh, to lift you up, and that's through the cross, mm-hmm. and that's the only way. And then you're on this beautiful journey that we call life. Yeah. And we have a beautiful uh, conclusion to the life. Uh, you know, somebody, uh, Pastor Holmes once said, the world may hate the way we live, but they sure love the way we die mm. because we have hope yeah. 
in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's, that's a good way to, a good way to close it out. Well, Roland, thanks so much for doing this. Um, do you mind if people come up and call you Haas still? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, um, I just met up with uh, Larry and Tilly, who I hadn't seen in oh, 40 okay. years, awesome. uh, just recently this past summer. And so I got to share the gospel with them, mm. which was great. And we had some good laughs and, and reminisced, and uh, they called me Haas. And, I, and those are the only people I allow because <laughs> okay, that's note. the only name they knew me yeah, as. Sure. However, yeah. So great. Well, well, thanks a lot again for coming on and doing this. Uh, if you guys have any other questions for Roland, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to, to chat with you further. If you see him on Sunday or want to grab him for a coffee, I know he's always super welcoming to me on Sundays and, and always open to chat. So yeah, I want to say thanks to Roland for coming on this episode of the Shore stories podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks everyone. And have a great day. Mm-hmm.